There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We had the honor and privilege of speaking with the longtime syncretist and fellow truth seeker, Santos Bonacci. Santos has been known for decoding ancient esoteric wisdom with Asher theology, cosmology, and metaphysics for years now, giving lectures all over the world and enlightening the minds and souls of many, including ourselves. Now, he has furthered his contributions to the spiritual truth-seeking world and more by developing the Syncretism Academy. In this episode, we want to point out the hidden agendas and workings he brought up and also further speculate on some facts about the executed suppression of this wisdom and knowledge. Is there still mass deception and who is responsible? What is the reason behind it and how have we seen it be played out from centuries ago up till present day? Well, that is all about to be realized here and now. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our YouTube channel and watch the 37-minute video discussion we had with Santos, along with a video we did with one of Santos's longtime friends, so you can better be acquainted with the info in this episode. Combine the information from these two remarkable men will surely have your mind blown about the mysteries of existence itself. Now, tune in and let's take a step out of the matrix for a bit. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin, Godspeed, and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. And welcome back to the Daily Transcendence. Gio, what, uh, what episode are we on? We are on episode lucky 21. 21. 21. Nice. Little, little Italiano for you. We're now legal to drink. Yeah. This, this is awesome. podcast is legal to drink. Drink knowledge. Oh. Yeah. Real knowledge. That's like, right. Like the real knowledge we're going to go. We're, we're going to go deep today. We, we've noticed a, a, uh, an ongoing pattern, an ongoing trend happening on the internet and it seems to us that the conspiracy theories and fringe topics 
are starting to become more abundant, easier yeah. to come by. And, uh, you know, let's just get it straight to, we hate the word conspiracy. We don't like the word conspiracy or conspiracy theorist. You know, if you're looking up facts, if you're looking up things that have happened in history and they're facts, then they're no longer conspiratorial. You know what I mean? I, I also think that there are a lot of them are controversial topics um, that also get taken out of context that also get looked at. Uh, once again, the whole surface level thing, like mm. there's just a surface level to going into this information um, and a lot of these so-called conspiracies to the point that, yeah, some of them look at facts, but there's a lot of them that are missing deeper information and actual facts that would help take it out of the category of being conspiracy. I mean, it still would be considered conspiracy because that's the, 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 the name that we've coined it to be. But, um, you know, originally a conspiracy, it, it was it, to say something, a conspirator or something like that is the fact that it, it's just an operation, an operation of which doing things. So that's what it is. Right. Well, and it was a, a, it was a word created by the CIA as well, which CIA has a lot of ties into what we're going to go into. Oh, there's, pl- there's plenty of ties that go into this and the CIA definitely is one of them. Yeah. And we will, we will eventually go into that point of it. Yeah, well, it's um, time to dive back into history again. And we, you know, in the past, we've we've gone through symbols, we've gone through religions. And and of course, those are going to be very prominent topics throughout the existence of this podcast. And uh, why I mentioned conspiracies or fringe topics is this is might be the most popular along with 9-11. And, you know, of course, what's going on today in current times, modern times with uh, the uh, the jab and all that. But um I did look up, by the way, real quick, the conspiracy theory explanation or, well, on Wikipedia, this is what it says. It says a conspiracy theory is an explanation of an event or situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister and powerful groups, often political motivation. Um, The term has a negative connotation, implying that the appeal to a conspiracy is based on prejudice or insufficient evidence. A conspiracy theory is not simply a conspiracy. Instead, it refers to a hypothesized conspiracy with specific characteristics, such as an opposition to the mainstream consensus among those people uh, who are qualified to evaluate its accuracy. Hmm. So real quick, let me, let me just elaborate on that. So it says basically if mainstream or more say, quote unquote, um, credible sources get to say what is and what isn't a conspiracy so it kind of goes along the lines of the fact checker thing. So how yeah. do we know the person that's actually deciding that this is something that's more so, um, you know, hypothesized? You know, can we say everything's hypothesized? I mean, why do we have to believe everything on the TV? Why do we have to believe everything that the mainstream tells us? And yeah. I think the world's waking up to that. You know, that's on, I, I don't use TikTok much. I'll be on there soon, I promise. But uh people have theories and, and, and to call it a conspiracy, it does give it this cringe kind of vibe over it. And, you know, I want to, I want to turn that around. I want to turn it into the fringe topics, you know, things that are more occult and, and not talked about enough or not talked about so often. 
And uh, we, we want to go into this and, and be unbiased and we want to we want to represent things that are facts and that we can document and talk about them and consider things, you know, and it's all considerations. It's not saying anything's true, but we must discuss things because we've ended up at a point in, in, in time right now. From our history to now, we've ended up at a point and, and it's now, I think it's now or never when it comes to, if we, if we don't discover the truth or, or figure it out soon, you know, I, I've, I've been saying this to Gio for a while now. I totally can see the internet having the police soon. There's going to be an internet police. It's already starting with fact checking on social media, but eventually you're not going to be able to hide yourself on the internet that well. You're not going to have easy access. I have, I, you know, it's going to happen. I think, I think that's, you know, and it, it's as easy, ready? It's as easy as them doing some sort of psyop on, um, or them like creating a reason why we need to lock it down. It could be for kids. It could be for terrorism, meaning people are, you know, acts of conspiratorial theories and stuff like that are acts of terrorism because you're speaking against the government and you're speaking against the mainstream. So it's time we discuss it. We have to, we have to talk about this because who knows if this is a luxury or not right now that we have access to this stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously we see with all the censorship as well and the new big thing with the whole, uh, the new woke community, so to say, is trust the science. Well, if we're going to even use that term, what is science all about? I know we've explained this before, but you you have to take hypothesis. You have to make hypothesis and then test them out and to be able to find refutable evidence towards them and to constantly test it, to, to come to a definitive fact, which that's where I think we've gone wrong uh, throughout history is to take it and just be definitive about something and cut it short where we don't look deeper into it. Um, and I think that's the whole point of even going into what we're doing now with this topic of understanding how we've gone into esoteric knowledge. Uh, we've talked about its correlations in the Bible. We've talked about um, its origins as well, its meanings, its symbols, um, you know, it's, it's, it's true depth. Um, and we'll continue to go into that, but there's also points where we've, uh, talked about its suppression. You know, we just had that talk with Santos, uh, and you know, Santos, even, even he touched up on the fact of how there's a higher order of working that's been in place for centuries upon centuries and they've made a dedication to suppress a lot of this knowledge for their own gain and um that's one of the things that can be looked at as conspiracy but when you actually look at it instead of turning your head away from it um and and really go deep into understanding you see that there's actual accounts of all this stuff there's actual facts, there's doctrines, there's experiences that have happened and many things within history. And then you also see the, um, the motives behind it that really show that this is not just some hearsay. This is actuality. This is something that's an idea, an, ideolo- an ideology, a belief, and a strong one that has perpetuated and stayed alive throughout history. And to not acknowledge it or to deny it is straight ignorance. 
it really is ignorance, you know? And what are we talking about? This goes back to the whole understanding of the Vatican, the papacy, um, its, its influence in world governments, its influence in past history with empires and, um, and, its, and its people and the creation of religion um, and, and its origins and how it came up and how it's still a relevant thing. And that's what we're going to get into and we're going to talk about. But like we do with anything else, in order to understand that, um, it takes knowing the actual origins and the come up of this so so uh, so said you know papacy and the Vatican and the Pope and even the um, guess you could say the brotherhoods or the organizations within it um, to understand that you really need to see how this ideology sprung forth um, from a serious serious huge working that really defines our whole um, whole existence of even our democracy of even the Republic of society itself in general all over the world. Um, and it goes deep, deep. It's not going to all be able to be covered on this episode, but, um, we definitely want to introduce it now and we will go very, very deep and focus on a lot of these areas and show it in some, uh, somewhat of a, of a timeline of coming up. So, yeah. Right. And understanding roots, you know, we did this with symbols. We did this with, like Gio said, with the uh, esoteric knowledge. We we went back to why we invented symbols and things that we could use to grow as a civilization and as a species. And uh, these things are tools and they're, and they're you know, they, they assist us in our evolution. And so when you go back to the, the times of the Dark Ages... You know, it, you see a turn of spirituality. You see a turn in in knowledge and the and the applications of it. And and this is when politics comes in. This is the the we, you know, we develop more of a you know, uh, evolutionary way of having society. We have our politics. We have uh, hierarchies and stuff like that, right? And I'm pretty sure what did that came from the age of Leo, didn't it? Does it go that far? Hierarchies, yeah. right? So now, but now we've gotten it when it when it comes down to it, we started combining the hierarchies with politics or well with religions. We took spirituality, and spirituality ends up being, you know, intercoursed with political stuff, and it all actually goes back to Constantine. It goes back to the Roman Empire, and I'm sure there's plenty of connections to where you know the the uh, Egyptians and the Greeks, which this that's prior. All of that, all the spiritual knowledge and all of those civilizations end up using that for good. But the Romans get their hands on it, right? And they they end up using it for political power. And it all begins at Constantine. And Constantine was, uh, this was around the time of 274 uh, AD. And there was a town called Nisus. And there was a barmaid, a bartender, and a soldier on leave, a Roman soldier. And these two got together and they end up having a child. So you have a child coming from a bartender and a soldier on leave. And here comes Constantine. Now, Constantine ends up ruling 
a mighty empire and shaped the destiny of Europe. But he's also the source of the guilt, the fear, the hate, and the separation that comes from Christianity. He's the one that imposed that we should have religion in our politics. So as a young man, he joins the army and comes up through the ranks and made a tribune in the Roman army. He was, uh, he was very persistent. He kept rising through the ranks until he became a general. And so as time goes on, and he's now he's a killer general. He's up there. He's, he's doing his thing. Now Constantine, he's a badass, and he knows he's a badass. He ends up having a dream. And in his sleep, he dreamt that there was a flame in the sky, and it was a monogram of, of, the, of Christ. It was like a monogram in Greek uh, of the Christ and the Gospels. And in the flame burning on the cross were the words, in this sign you shall conquer. Or let's say, in this cross you shall conquer. So from this sign he saw in his dream, the next day he put people to work. He got right to it. He saw it as some sort of prophetic dream. And you know, when he involved all this stuff, he, he's the guy that brought in that evangelic, uh, you know, money, gold, diamonds, you know, he's, he's a, he's a badass general. He's, he, you know, a rich Roman, uh, powerful general. And he's now he's, he thinks that the divine came to him in a dream and told him that you shall conquer. This is, this is your time. You are to bring the name of Christ into the world and into, into Rome. So throughout time, right, he, he ends up um, expanding on these values and expanding on these beliefs that come from Christianity. And as he gains more power, he becomes the emperor. And so through all of this, this is how it ends up connecting. That Constantine is the reason why religion ends up being used as a political source of power. And it was due to a big ego and it was due to a lot of power. And it was, I mean, you got to think back in those times too. I mean, yeah, like men wanted to be the most powerful. It was about dominance. You know, the world was still in tribal mentality and to, to run the world, to rule the world as an empire was every leader's dream. But when you give a leader religious values that's very dangerous yeah and and to understand the persistency uh the persistency of constantine and just that that whole belief in ideology like also you got to remember with roman emperors they believed because of the force and the power of rome that it was literally a establishment an empire established under divine order and the reason that is, is when you look back, um, even just on the mythologies of of Rome itself, um, how it was said, uh, even just how Rome was created, it was said that there uh, there was a princess that gave birth to two twin sons and the uncle became fearful of their come up and becoming rivals. So he ordered them to be thrown into the river and. Um, uh, but the thing was the river became flooded and the boys were left in the basket on the on the water's edge and floated downstream where they were rescued by a mother wolf. Um, now, in Latin, it's uh, mother wolf was was called lupa, but lupa can also be translated to prostitute. So there's a little little, uh, you know, back and forth with Ooh, that whole meaning. Um, and the, yes. And the lupa, the wolf suckled them 
and they and they grew. And later on, um, they were found by a local shepherd uh, who were who were raised, and their names were uh, Romulus and Remus. Um, and they went to find the city of Rome. They're the ones who founded it. Um, just to skip forward a little bit, but as they were creating it and figuring out where to establish the capital of Rome, um, Romulus actually kills his brother Remus, which is kind of funny. If I, I like how it's it's very uh, it coincides a lot with Cain and Abel as well. Um, so does JC. Yeah. So Julius Caesar, they, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and so they so they do this trying to. Um, you know, trying to establish the city of Rome and then come to that point where he kills his brother. Romulus had the area, which is now uh, part of modern day Rome, um, but he didn't have citizens. Uh, so what he did was he claimed it as an asylum. And so all types of fugitives, people and stuff, not your best kind of people from all different parts of the area and other other areas around the Mediterranean uh, came there seeking asylum. And that was how he lured the people and constructed citizens. So there you see the mentalities already there. And that's the energy behind Rome itself um, is in, in this way. So Rome, uh, but the thing was it could not flourish because it didn't have women yet. And that was what was needed to have the women to be able to reproduce, create more citizens and create a society to actually rule over. Um, so what Romulus did was he invited, uh, his Sabine neighbors and captured their women, uh, to make wives for the citizens of his empire that was to grow. So Rome's history comes just around the fact of whatever they want, they took. So that ends up growing into, um, you know, Rome first being ruled by Kings and there were six of them. And then, they established democracy and they grew and Rome went out to viciously take over towns and lands and then establish relations with enemies while taking slaves and cattle. Um, their motto was to conquer and incorporate. So you see how that ide- ideology was born through that. They took over the whole peninsula of, of Italy uh, where, and they also Northern Italy up to up until like the Alps. Cause up in the Alps, you had the, the Goths, uh, you know, you had, all those different other types of powerful forces that were already there. Um, but they went to take the peninsula of Italy and then the island of Sicily, which was Greek controlled at the time. Um, and once they took over Sicily and Carthage, uh, that's where they started to take over one of the main facts, which was the Mediterranean Sea. Once you controlled the sea, you were able to control all things. Um, eventually, they went to uh, Corinth and Greece and took over that as well. So when they did that, they also t- they also envied and adapted the Greek literature, the Greek art, uh, all their knowledge and wisdom as well, um, which all of that for Greece, a lot of it came from the Egyptians, the original um, the original esoteric knowledge that was given from the uh, the Essene. And, you know, of course, obviously Hermes Trismegistus as well. Um, So Rome takes this and this is how they have an understanding of it. And that goes throughout history of all the kings and then eventually turning into emperors. Um, 
which eventually turns into obviously Julius Caesar and Augustus and Augustus lays down this, this, um, this working of understanding how to actually be an emperor, what it takes to be an emperor. And in doing that, he sets the tone basically for Constantine and with, in, with Constantine, especially after, after Jesus and seeing the magnitude in the following of Jesus, he understands that he needs to take and adapt these spiritual teachings for his own in order to be a great conqueror, to be a great emperor and to rule over a mass majority, especially to live up to his predecessors, all, all the past of Rome. That's a big weight to carry on your shoulders, especially when people started to lose faith in the Roman Empire. So that's where you see this whole church and state start coming together. And that's an important thing to realize because as you start going through it with Constantine establishing the church, the church gains a sort of power that eventually does not die out, even though Rome dies out. Still to this day. Yeah, still to this day. And we don't realize it, that the Holy Roman Empire and that ideology is still fucking there. It never fell. You know, and as you mentioned all the the murdering and you mentioned all the the corruption and manipulation, you know, this is the basis of which your Christian religion is built from. You know, the Bible we read that was put, it was put together by these same people and edited by this, by these same people that raised their bloody swords. And, you know, the fact that they, they, we know what type of people they are just from understanding basics that they were murderers, that they wanted to conquer, you know, that that Constantine had this dream and he wanted to, it it was, you know, uh, with dreams, with interpretation and stuff like that. Like he took, they, back in the day, they took that as prophetic. But if you go today to 35 different dream interpreters and you get, you'll get 35 different interpretations because it's, it's to you, it's your inner desires. You know, this was this man's inner desire. He had it built into him since he was a kid, you know? And so, it ends up controlling the whole path and destiny of Europe and Rome, all because this guy has a dream. And there's actually a scripture uh, I wanted to read about that actually real quick. Um, it had 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 to do with you know how he interpreted it, or at least like the effect. And so Jeremiah twenty nine eight: For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams which ye caused to be dreamed. That last sentence, neither hearken to your dreams, which ye cause to be dreamed. Hmm. Your dreams come from you. You interpret them. It's your unconscious. It's your subconscious mind. And this man thought it to be some sort of prophetic thing that came to him, you know? And so he wanted to rule Rome from the beginning. He wanted to be victorious. He wanted, he wanted it to some way justify this whole thing he had going on in his mind and follow through with it, you know, but just like today's evangelists will tell you, God came to them and told them, uh, to, to tell you what is, what would the thing they're actually preaching? And it's all due to the inner desires and, you know, God's in all of us, but our inner, our desires, that's, that is say the serpent, that is the devil. It's your, it's your inner selfish desires. And so this whole religion and papacy and, uh, and all this stuff gets built on a guy's inner desire. It's not, it's not godly at all. You know, Jesus would have been the first one to vomit if he knew 
what his religion was actually, you know, evolving into, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing when it comes to understanding the, um, uh, the influence over this type of ideology and the spread of this religion on a global scale, you have to understand the origins and the workings of the Holy Roman Empire uh, and the creation of the Vatican, the popes, the kings and noblemen, the divine creeds and doctrines, and uh, then their journey through history and how the creeds survive through life up until this day. And that's what we're introducing here. And this is the things that we're going to go into. And we're going to focus hard on a lot of these many aspects, because when you do, um, and I know there's so much there's so much information about it that obviously this is something that we've both been in tune to. Um, but it's so hard. <laughs> I, it, not that it's so hard, but like it can get really messy and confusing, especially with timelines and so many occurrences throughout history and between cover-ups and mischievous plans and also divine workings and all sorts of knowledge it's really easy to get lost and be like, don't you don't know where it's going. But this is why we're on this mission, because we also feel it's important because now up to where we're at today, there's a lot of occurrences that we see um, where that deception and that power grab and that force to conquer is coming. But also the fact that there is and has been an awakening in a pro in process um, that's been combating these ideals that are showing up for people, but also, and then you also have people that are, that are, are running to religion to be able to have this strength. And there also is a clear, and uh, there also is an unclear perspective on religion. And I'll say even for myself that uh, even I didn't understand for a while um, how, things got lost in translation, how there also was a fight for the true understanding of the esoteric knowledge and scriptures and God and Jesus and all those things uh, to the point that it became such a mess over time that the very thing that people sought to protect got pushed out, pushed out to the point where this Holy Roman Empire manifested itself into what is still current to this day. And proven. when you understand, yes, proven. And that's what we're going to show is how throughout history it stayed up until now and how it still is most likely. And I'm just going to say most likely this way. I don't give you any sort of definitive and I'll let you choose for yourself, but you'll see how it is in place still to this day and its influence on all of the world, all of our governments and all of society. Yeah. So. And how our religion and our political say approach to things was built on the principles of a man who murdered people, raped women, killed children, you know, uh, basically wanted to mold the world to his liking and it all started with him. And we, you know, the Christians call him Saint Constantine. Mm -hmm. You know, they considered that person a saint. And what the things I want to really clear up is the hypocrisy 
You know, I've seen hypocrisy in religion. I've seen hypocrisy in culture and also in politics and all that. And it's time we get rid of that and not be ignorant to the fact that things are hypocritical and a lot of things don't make sense. And it's not good for our evolution. It's not good for us. You know, our foundations are built on this and say, right here we go with the, with the, here's something hypocritical, a Roman governor, a Roman governor crucified Jesus Christ. And 325 years later, a Roman emperor was crucifying people who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You tell me what makes sense about that, right? And obviously, yeah, people could change. But you have to understand the principles of, of, of Christianity and Jesus to understand that Constantine was the exact opposite. And does it not say in the Bible that the Antichrist would come posed as Christ, right? Yeah. He would come posed as Christ. He would come as the false prophet. And so this man shaped all of Europe, which which ends up shaping the rest of the world. And we're living that now. And there's ties from people now in politics and in power that stem all the way back. You know, maybe not to exactly to Constantine and his family. Maybe, maybe the bloodlines go that far that back. We always talk about these royal bloodlines, but it, it, it even goes back to say the 60s. In the 70s, when we talk about things like the JFK assassination and we talk about, um, you know, the Vatican being uh, made its own country and and we had the Vatican Bank and that connects to, say, things like the Federal Reserve and the Rothschilds and stuff like that. Yeah, think about it. Those are trigger keyword conspiracy discussions. Rothschilds, Vatican, Federal Reserve, um, you know, but it all has to be cleared up and we have to clear up the, the hypocrisy and we have to understand where everything truly came from, just like our symbols, just like our religions. Where did the foundations of society and our political agendas come from? Yeah. And you got to remember that that we get a lot of our uh, democracy and views, uh, our republic views um, from the Roman Empire, from the Greek, which the Romans um controlled at one point over the Greek and adopted a lot of their literature, knowledge, art, everything. Uh, and that's what we've based our own country and democracy off of as well. Um, but in doing so, you know, this is this whole transition of Holy Roman Empire into a papacy with a Pope um, really, really goes into what started also the creation of the Protestants and the Protestant Reformation, because that was the resistance against the Pope. Um, That was a resistance against what they were trying to now preach as the, the word of God um, that it was basically the Pope since the Pope was ordained by God. um, He became the King of Kings on earth and therefore ruled over Jesus. And for those early Christians, um, even before they were actually Protestants, they were the Waldenses and the Valdenses and the Paulician groups. Uh, those were the the early original groups of the true Christian church that the Roman church um, in swing of power separated from. And this is what started the Roman church to begin these religious persecutions. Um, which eventually they came under being known as Protestants because of, you know, Martin Luther and uh, Tyndale and uh, 
those people who started really this reformation of saying that, hey, the Pope is not in control and not of divine to be the only person that can read scripture. Scripture can be read by all people. And that's where they really started this movement of being able to do that. Um, and as they were doing that, the Roman church began to set the Roman Catholic church began to set out on a mission to, and already decreed it that anybody who went against them was uh, a heretic and that it was heresy and they were punishable by death and justified doing it. And it did not go against God or the divine at all because of the fact that this was this religious organization was ordained by God himself. Um, and that's how they assume this, this power. Um, and there's just so much involved with even the reformation where we can see how that split caused a lot of controversy and a lot of documentation and manuscripts and original scriptures to be doctored and manipulated, not just by the Roman church, but also by the Protestants as well. It created a further, you know, split to be able to have so many different workings on these scriptures and interpretations and translations to the point that so much happened in between and because of the mission of the reformers and the mission of the Roman Catholic Church, you know, the Roman Catholic Church ends up creating its own organizations and orders and groups in order to infiltrate the Protestants. Yeah, and Martin Luther actually was, he was shocked by the absence uh, of like scriptural authority for so many, for so many church traditions, you know, like uh, of the seven church sacraments, only two, baptism and, and the Lord's Supper, were grounded in scripture. But the remaining five, confirmation, absolution, ordination, marriage, extreme unction, were they, they were the inventions of post-biblical councils and decrees. Luther found no scriptural mandate for, for celibacy of monks and nuns or, or for pilgrimages and, and all this stuff. You know, the, the church taught that prayer, good works, and regular participation in the sacraments might save men, right? But Luther found this to be opposing uh, to the teachings of scripture. According to scripture, the only thing that could save man from the consequences uh, of himself and of his sins was God's grace and that alone. So you have a split, a complete split in in this sector. And this is where denominations begin. This is how it starts. You know, so yeah. we're already, and we're building on weak foundations as is when you go, you know, that's why to understand and, and eventually we will go more into you know, maybe, maybe deeper, uh, you know, details and facts about Constantine and maybe his story. And, and so, and, and however the transition comes from this esoteric, um, you know, deep truths of reality and spirituality, and then it gets put in the hands of a wrong person. It ends up being, you know, improperly used, uh, for control. And then now we're at a point with Martin Luther where now it's split. Now we have two because Martin Luther was still building off the scriptures that the Holy Roman empire gave him. Yeah. The, the Protestants were, were adamant about living by the Bible, but through faith right. and the Roman Catholic church was about, um, doing the work, doing the rituals, um, doing these things. And that's the only way to get to salvation. Unlike the Protestants where faith was salvation. Um, and, and I think there was a purity, um, leading up 
uh, from that side, like I said, the Valdez, the Valdenses and the, the those other groups of similar uh, of similarity, uh, and then the Manicans, the Manicans were uh, they they believed that there was a a dual god. They believed in that esoteric of that duality of being um, both sides of the forces being there, um, but they were looked at as heretics and. Um, the propaganda was started by the Vatican for them and these groups, which eventually um, these groups turned into being Protestants. And that's where, you know, this whole inquisition was going on to silence those people and to bring them down um, while they still could. Uh, but eventually, you know, the, the Protestant Reformation was a force to be reckoned with, um, especially with. Uh, the printing and the translations of uh, the scriptures in the Bibles in a way that it was, it was given in a sense that um, it was put side by side in translation from Greek into Latin. Cause most people were able to read Latin um, and it was a lot, allowed people to do it. And it was just so constant, so constant in all these publications uh, of, of the, uh, of the scriptures um, that the Roman Catholic Church couldn't couldn't stop it, so they had to resort to new tactics. Um, and 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 how this goes back to the the Roman Empire as well is because we see we know that the Roman Empire had a serious control over a shitload of territory and over many many people. Um, but as all empires do, they fall. Um, so as, but, but the church was already established, uh, in Rome already, there was already a papacy in Rome. And once Rome was overrun by the barbaric Huns of Attila, the Hun, the whole system of the empire was defeated and the popes assumed the place of the ancient Caesars and they took spiritual and political leadership and then gained more and more and more power. And this is what begins to the creation of the papacy. And uh, also going into that as well, in uh, 606 AD, the Roman Emperor uh, uh, Focus, uh, Focus, which was Pope ben- Beneface III, he was named the universal bishop over all the Christian churches. And this is when the papal power is said to be officially established in Rome. And in doing so, this is where the true inquisitions really started and where they were, were going forth, forth with it already before they were really known to be the inquisitions. And you see how this transpires, which we'll go deeper into it eventually. Um, but it, 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 it just keeps going. But like I said, those were the original Christians, those real faith-based Christians that fought against it. Um, and they eventually had that power. They eventually got to that point, and that's a big thing to understand because of the fact that the the Vatican's approach at that point of how to demolish that belief and to demolish that type of movement, um, they started resorting to new schemes and plans, and those schemes and plans end up being effective in confusing the whole system and the whole purpose 
of where it even started and why, where it was even going to the point that once you understand what occurred in doing that and the different types of groups and organizations, one being the Society of Jesus, also known as the Jesuits, um, their agenda to do these things, it wasn't just about killing. It was about infiltration as well. Those things ended up lasting. Those things went underground. Those things got implanted in um, as sleepers in different societies, different universities, organizations, politi- uh, uh, parliaments, uh, all these different types of groups that had a sort of uh, uh, control over different areas to the point that it just kind of spread like a virus. And when you understand that, you see how it lived into the more recent times of even the 18th and the 19th century. And that's not that long ago when you think about it and you will start to see how it survived up until this day. And that enemy is still there. And I think it's important. We both think it's important to understand that and to not fall for it um, because, I mean, let's let's just be honest. Look where we're at now. Look what's going on, you know, and there's a lot that could be tied to this as well, because there was this this deep, deep desire stemming all the way back from the Roman Empire to create this one world type of government, this one world order, this one world empire, a sole rulership. And I think that's still, that's still in play. We yeah, hear it's a hard lot to now. Believe. It's cl- it is. Yeah. It's hard to believe. I understand why people would question it. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, a, any of these topics, it's of course, you also have to take the person's word for it. You have to take, you know, we're all getting information from each other, but you have to just look back in documented history and realize that things do repeat themselves, that there's nothing new under the sun. You know, for about, I'd say about 1800 years, popes were unchallenged monarchs. You know, mm-hmm. they had a worldly empire. They were, they were rulers of the Catholic church, but they were also kings. You know, they had, they had a, a secular empire with thousands of square miles of land. They had armies and they had, they had a vast courts built around them, you know, and, and how did they get their money? They fueled it by taxing people inside their empire. You know, by fees and also by selling something called indulgences. Indulgences is uh, they're, they're basically a piece of paper that was sold to a Catholic and said, you're forgiven for your sins for buying that piece of paper. You ever hear of a bribery? Yeah. That's basically what it is. And that's how, you know, and that's absolutely corrupt. That is absolutely, basically a man could go murder a family and there would be some sort of indulgence that he could pay to the, to the, to the government, to the, to the papacy. And th- that's, that is beyond corrupt. That is beyond the right moral thing to do. That's not a Christian value, you know? And the fact is, is not only did they do that to, to their society, to these people, but when they ran out of money, when they didn't have enough, they had to go borrow money from the Rothschilds, who were a preeminent banking family in all of Europe, a Jewish family. And uh, much to the distaste of like, you know, Catholic cardinals who thought it was terrible to borrow money from people who actually were supposedly that they, they are, they're the ones that killed Christ. So it, it, even that alone, now you're intertwining. It's like two mob bosses working together. You yeah. know, they had to, they had to develop a, a central bank for themselves in order to, you know, listen, money was power. Uh, it doesn't matter what time frame of 
where you were at in in history, but power and riches were 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 were. I mean, um, riches and money were power, and when you were able to invest in these different types of crusades and changing of history and knowledge and everything, you know, that's, that's just what it is. And, you know, the thing is, is there is plenty of proof and known proof. I mean, like, for example, you know, there has been uncovered of how the Vatican, um, during, I'm trying to remember the time frame. um, trying to even remember who was the pope at that time um not, right right next door to the vatican they had actual furnaces um where they burned and they dropped in these uh so-called heretics and these people against the papacy into these furnaces and the remains have been found of the calcite bones and everything of these people the furnaces are there these underground dungeons and tunnels still exist to this day so there's no reason to not believe that that evil has perpetuated into present day as well. Yes, maybe not to the degree at once which it once was, especially with the change of just how society operates nowadays and, you know, people becoming more educated, technology advancement as well. Um but the inner the inner workings are are still there. Um but but something that I want to read that is uh it was uh, it was written in 1855 by an American Protestant historian um, based on the papal conspiracy exposed. Uh, his name was Edward Beecher, and this was how he was explaining how the papacy and the pope um, was a government. And his he said, viewing this corporation, which was the pope's theocratic Vatican Empire, as a government. The aspect of things is no less impressive. The head of the corporation is both a spiritual and a temporal or political ruler. He claims to be monarch of all monarchs. He, uh, his senate of cardinals and electors are princes. His bishops, uh, his bishops also are lords, each in his uh, diocese, uh, but are still his vassals and bound to him by a feudal oath. To him also are bound the rulers of the Jesuits and the various orders of monks and nuns uh, who are all pervading soldiery sworn to do his will. To the bishops also are subject the secular priests and to them are are subjected the people. Thus, the whole system is one compact and all pervading government, the rule of which is absolute obedience to the central power and its agents in regional subordination. It is an immense army under military discipline. The Pope, the Cardinals, the Patriarchs, the Metropolitans, the Bishops, the Priests, the Deacons are all organized in a vast system extending itself over the globe and aiming at universal conquest. In it are the various orders of monks, nuns, Jesuits bound to it by oaths and sworn to extend its sway. He, the Pope, is the acting God of this world. His word is law. The Bible is nothing. The system is the theory and practice and annihilation of God and the Bible and an enthronement of the people or the papal of the I'm sorry, of the Pope or the papal corporation in place of God to reign as the only God on earth. Hmm. That is and there's many texts shown from the Vatican um, that have lasted throughout history 
that show this to be exactly what it is in this way. It's very simple though, too. It, It once, like you said, it's not that long ago. But shortly after, right, you said 1855. In 1870, mm-hmm. the Pope's army lost the, 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 the papal states to, the, to Italian nationalists, right? They mm-hmm. lost their empire. And yes. the, these Italian nationalists, uh, you know, they, they, they tried to unify Italy, took it over, and, and killed the king, or at least killed the idea of the king. And they also took over the Pope's lands. They left the Pope with a small piece of land, which we call today the Vatican, so mm. Italy gets taken over and they get dominated, right? So you think, oh, it's done. That's it. Well, they're given this little piece of land. And then all of a sudden, not too long after 1929, that all changes again, right? And this was because the Pope struck a deal with the head of Italy, a fascist dictator, Benito Mussolini. And the, the fascist dictator recognized the Vatican as an independent, sovereign country, They made the Pope ahead of that country, invested it with divine rights, and four years later, that same Pope struck a deal with who? Nazi Germany and Hitler and his Third Mm -hmm. Reich, and they signed a deal with them, you know? And the Third Third Reich recognized the church as, you know, as the church would recognize, say, Hitler. Like, that, they were were buddies. They became partners. So, you have an Italian fascist, Mussolini, and you also have... Hitler, that's two hardcore powers working with the Vatican at that point, right? You'll see, yeah, and and that's the details we're going to go into, is you're going to see how all the world's wars, the Vatican and the Pope is always behind it somehow, one way or another, is always there behind it, and it's part of their agenda, and it has been for centuries now. Um, You know, what's funny is that Jesus even said, uh, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Um, and the thing is, when you look at the early history of the church, you see how there was five main, um, five main churches um, all placed out through the areas. Um, Jerusalem, Alexandria, Constantinople, Rome, Antioch. All those, um, but over the first couple hundred years, you know, most of them fell and you were left with Constantinople and Rome. Eventually, Constantinople falls as well. Um, Rome gains the ascendancy in the West. And when there was any theological problems when it came to scripture itself, um, it would be sent to Rome and to be looked at for answers to be given. Um, the, The New Testament originated in Jerusalem and spread throughout the Gentile world. Uh, but somehow the leadership of Rome uh, dominated as the chief oracle in matters of debate. So the Roman, the Roman empire being this great empire for hundreds of years and the popes became becoming the heirs to that kind of power. So now prophecies and scriptures that were debated were sent to Rome and the Pope, and he would paraphrase statements and doctor them under the Roman church. Murderers. Um, Murderers yes, did that. Exactly. And in the fifth and then in the fifth century, um, you had um, a doctor of the early church, which was Augustine of Hippo. He wrote of a conflict between two African bishops. And he said, in this matter, two councils have already sent letters to the uh, apostolic uh, see. And from thence, rescripts have come back. The cause is finished. And they were, they were sent to the Pope in Rome and basically it was rephrased by the Pope and the Pope even said, you know, those last words, but Rome has spoken. The matter is closed. 
And that's that's the type of rulership and influence that they had over the world and even just the scriptures as well. So it's it's just amazing to see. And then that perpetuated into the this whole debate constantly over the scriptures and the debate over religion itself that it got so far from the actual divine and the esoteric knowledge. And it became so perverted to the point that that the, the site on which the original intention of the divine, and this is something that we constantly speak about, it's, it's almost like it got lost. It's not lost, though, because its original intention is something that we constantly stress all the time is that that divine understanding and that faith is already there within you. It's just that you have to seek it out within yourself. Yeah, and you know, and well, sorry. No, you're good. I'm just saying that, yes, we can go to scripture and do like we have done and like many of our, our teachers and sources have done of understanding these scriptures as well. But knowing this stuff as well, you're going to see that there is also an infiltration of the esoteric knowledge. There are the, 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 the knowledge was also used as propaganda for the Roman church um, in order to infiltrate the Protestants as well. So it's like, who do we listen to? What do we know? That's, that's a common problem that they dealt with. They, uh, that many people dealt with during that time of the Protestant reformation and afterwards of knowing what's what, but the one thing that can be certain is that Rome did not have, and the Pope and the Vatican did not have the best interest of the people. They wanted to enslave and rule the people under a one-world religion government. And ironically, the beginning of that whole era started with Constantine, and that's actually the beginning of the Dark Ages. That's when we see the Dark Ages come into play. And so through the Dark Ages, why why is it called dark? It's because all the knowledge disappears. Everything gets turned upside down. Now it's religion... It has become anti-spiritual in a sense. It's become more political and more about man and power and thing that is things that are all opposite that uh, of of what we would call divine or spiritual. You know, so now where where our eyes are shut at this point, we it, people don't have any access. You know, you have the Library of Alexandria that gets burned. You know, you have all these mystery schools they get burned. And the thing is, is when Constantine, right, when he started murdering people. Um, that were speaking against the religion of Christianity. The first people to go were the mystics. The first people to, 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 to get killed off were the people with the knowledge. The mystery schools got burned. Libraries got burned. Alexandria got burned. Mystics were killed. You know, so, mm-hmm. and that's how we harbor in this dark age. And through this, we're lucky we made it out of that and we have what we have today because if we did not, you know, it's game, set, match at that point. Yeah. And and since then, Roman Romans have run the way we run our 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 country and many countries. They they it's ran the exact same way, and I could prove that because just as in pagan Rome, right, the public servants were priests of various gods and goddesses. Monetary affairs, for example, were governed by priests of the goddess Monita, where its monetary comes from. P- priests of Dionysus managed architecture and cemeteries, while priests of Justi- uh, Justitia, with her sword in Libera blindfolded, holding her scales aloft, ruled the courts. Two hundreds, um, sorry, hundreds of priestly orders known as the Sacred College managed hundreds of government bureaus, from the justice system to the construction, cleaning, and repairing bridges. 
Um, no bridge could be built without the approval of the Pontifex Maximus, which would be your Roman leader. Buildings, temples, castles, baths, sewers, ports, highways, and so on. All these priests directed these things uh, and controlled these things. They directed the paving and repairing of streets and roads, supervised the calendar and the education of the youth. They regulated weights and measures and the value of money, solemnized and certified birth certificates, baptisms, puberty, purification, confession, adolescence, um, uh, marriage, divorce, death, burial, excommunication, canonization, deification. I could keep going. But basically these priests and, and, and this, the papacy is running everything and it all it did was carry through it just carried on and this is something we this virus not the virus but this virus is the virus that exists today that we must we must it must perish yeah they disguised the roman empire under the roman catholic church and they implanted these churches all over all over the world and ordained their art archbishops and cardinals and priests to fulfill the order. And there was a, a man named Dr. Randolph who um, he investigated uh, this order and he stated that many, but by no means all the alchemist and hermetic philosophers were alkalites of mass secret brotherhoods, which has thrived from the earliest ages the members of this mystic union were the Magi of old who flourished in Chaldea ages before. They were the original people of Sumer, and they were the men who found the Semitic civilizations. Of this great brotherhood sprung Brahmin, Buddha, uh, Lao Tzu, um, Zoroaster, and the Gnostic, and the Essene, and Jesus, uh, who was himself an Essene, and preached the sacred doctrine of the Fountain of Light. This fountain of light is the illumination um, of the inner enlightenment to the reality of existence and from where the term Illuminati is derived. They were the men who first discovered the significance of fire. The transcendental light now illuminates the world, comes from the torches they, they lit uh, at the fountain when all light streameth upon that mystic mountain of initiation. There is nothing original in the thaumaturgy, theology, philosophy, and psychology, and ontology, but they gave it to the world. Dr. Randolph um, here reveals the full extent of the, uh, of the culmination of these brotherhoods and that they are secret and spread throughout the world, and they originated religions and saw their origin in the illumination of the mind from philosophy and psychology. They therefore thought that they had the right to rule over the world and over time use their knowledge to force and manipulate their control over those who refused to see the light. This gave them a right. And this was also something, this original esoteric knowledge was something that was brought into the Roman Empire or should I say stolen by the Roman Empire as well um, and taken for its own, as we said, and in doing so and having these types of evil power, drunken men and people that uh, sought to understanding how this information in its purity, it, it was, it's, it's a, it's a pure thing, but they were drunken by its, its, uh, 
its power to the point that they created these brotherhoods, these groups, these organizations such as the Illuminati and and turned them into something that was of making world domination an yeah. actual thing. And they did this through the church. And they corporatized it. And the thing is, is, you know, by the fourth century, one half of the lands and one fourth of the population of the Roman Empire were owned by the priests. When Constantine and his and his Senate formally adopted Christianity as the empire's, uh, you know, official religion, the exercise was more of a merger or acquisition than a revolution. The wealth of the priests merely became the immediate possession of the Christian churches, and the priests merely declared themselves Christians. Uh, government continued without interruption. You know, and the and the pagan gods and goddesses were artfully outfitted with names appropriate to Christianity from Greek. The sign over the pantheon indicating to the fertility goddess Cybele and all the gods, right, was rewritten as to Mary and all the saints. The temple of Apollo became the church of Saint Apollinaris. The temple of Mars was reconsecrated church of Santa Martina with the inscription Mars hence ejected Martina, martyred maid, claims now the worship which to him was paid. Haloed icons of Apollo was identified as Jesus, and the crosses of Bacchus and Tammuz were accepted as the official symbol of the crucifixion. Pope Leo I decreed that St. Peter and St. Paul have replaced Romulus and Remus, as you mentioned before, as Romans protecting patrons. Pagan feasts, too, were Christianized. December 25th, being Christmas, was celebrate, uh, it celebrated the birthday of the number of gods among them as Saturn, Jupiter, Tammuz, Bacchus, Osiris, and Mithra. And that was claimed to have been that of Jesus now as well. And the traditional Saturnalia was the season of drunken merriment and gift giving involved or evolved into, into Christmas. So these the traditions have carried on. I mean, this is something that was celebrated on December 25th every year as a drunken merriment and gift giving. And we still do it. There's your proof, you know? And the thing is, is all they did was change the names to everything they wanted it to be. And it just never left. I mean, our president today, Joe Biden, right? He is, well, he's your president. He's not mine. But he, you know, he is a Roman Catholic. Um, he has ties. And, and that's, that'll be for another episode. But he was, he's tied into it. Since the, the 70s and the 80s or however long, whenever he, he joined the political parties and all that, he has connections to, to Roman Catholic. And that, that's deep connections to the Vatican, and then that has deep connections to the CIA and the Third Reich. And, the, you know, it all, it's this big woven spider web of corruption. Yeah. And it's time we clear it up. Exactly. And these are the things. And, like, we're giving you bits and pieces and trying to just bring forth uh, an understanding. And in from both ends, too. Like, yeah, from back exactly. in, the t- in time and, and also modern day and how it could survive. But eventually, we will go into how, you know, we'll, we'll go deeper into each aspect and understand fully you know, more detailed stories and connections on how these things work from back then till now. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and also give a great understanding of what really went down because i think this is an important one to understand what really went down um you know leading up to the protestant reformation and all the inquisitions and what and afterwards and the debate and the findings and the translations of of all the scholars and the movements of these manuscripts that they had um 
the you know I'll go into you know textual textual criticism, uh, the Oxford movement, uh, higher critics. I know this this may not make sense, but um, it it all leads to a certain way of what turns into the King James version of the Bible. And once that was there and in place, and it stuck, that was where it came to a point where. The old tactics, the old tactics of the papacy were no longer working, so they had to find a new way. And this is what ends up leading to the creation of the Society of Jesus, which by the Protestants were called the Jesuits. Um, And um, there's a whole deep understanding of why the Jesuits were created and to be almost the intelligence agency of the Vatican its own CIA basically. And you'll be able to understand and connect and we'll connect it for you as well. How that same, um, that same idea of creating that organization is also the same idea behind creating our CIA and also, uh, the creation of the KGB as well. And also how, even though, the CIA and the KGB are their own separate organizations. The Vatican had ties to both of them. And that's where it gets crazy and sticky and weird. And what leads to a lot of the many controversial events that have happened throughout more of our modern history um, and how it's implanted in our politics, in our government, uh, through presidencies through our uh, universities as well, through our uh, teachings. You know, it's not just religion anymore. And it's now something that's being thwarted throughout society and throughout our um, educational systems as well. And we'll make those connections as we get there. Um, But yeah, there's a big, big reason why we did this to be able to kind of understand the come up and the transition, obviously, of Rome into Vatican, into papacy, into Pope, into creation of these organizations and reformation and all that. Um, but stick with us because we're definitely going to go deeper on that shit. Yeah, I actually, I think that's really, I think we're good, we're good where we're at. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the next one. Definitely want to bring in the understanding because I think this is a big one. When you understand what happened in that reformation, um, and all the different back and forth that happen, that's where you see how the switchover really happens um, and how it becomes less of this warlike type thing. The warlike behavior was still going on, um, but now it was it was a mental war. It was one of serious deception that kind of th- broke out both sides and left people confused to the point where somehow the Roman Catholic Church still gets its way. Yeah, and, and we a don't spiritual, even realize it. And a spiritual war too. You know, it's yep. it's a battle on our minds and our spirits and our freedoms. And if you care enough to be free and to be sovereign and to uh, stand up for what is right, you know, what is humane, what is good for the whole especially entering into this age of Aquarius that we are for for community and for other people and doing things for others. 
and uh, and and making sure our fellow man is living a good life, and that we're ourselves are, are living a good life. You know, these these are must know things. These are must know topics, and so we we are going to dissect and basically beat the shit out of this topic uh, because it, it's it's got to be cleared up. I, I constantly hear people. Uh, you know, mumbling about the Jesuits and, you know, Illuminati. And now the Illuminati, I mean, you say that, and that that's just as cringe as conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, but but truly, it, it is, we can't erase history. There's a reason why, if you notice on social media and certain things, that history is trying to be erased. Because if they get rid mm. of this, which they won't, but if they get rid of this, if they, you know, if they, they're attempting to, and they erase history, that would be, that's it. We have the luxury. We have the, the luxury to buy any book and to look up any facts or, or do our research and, and journalism and, and all that and understand our history to, uh, to the best of our ability and to gain access to this newfound freedom that's awaiting us in this new age. It's, a, it's waiting for us. And all we have to do is just work out the kinks. We have to just figure out the puzzle. Yep, exactly. And just to leave you with this, um, you know, because we said about the Jesuits, um, just to further just understand it as we go into it, you know, this holy organization was created under the Holy Roman Empire in order to fulfill their duties and beliefs to make themselves the world domiciles. Emperor Constantine knew the secrets of life once he gathered the wisdom and knowledge from the original people, holy and spiritual people. He studied it, practiced it, and then adopted it and destroyed many parts of the evidence and use it to assert, assert a world dom, domination practice that would last for lifetimes. And um, there was a Jesuit doctrine that existed, which was known as the Roman Catholic Confession, and prescribed and proposed to the Protestants on their admission to the Roman Catholic Church. And it said, and this is straight up evidence of this organization. It says, we confess that we've been brought from heresy to the true saving Roman Catholic faith, by the singular care of our supreme governors and by the diligence and aid of our masters, the fathers of the order of, of Jesuits. And we desire to certify this by our vows to the world at large. We confess that whatever new thing the Pope ordains, whether it be in scripture or not in scripture, and whatever he commands is divine and therefore ought to be held by lay people in greater esteem than the precepts of the living God. We confess that the reading of holy scriptures is the origin of heresy and uh, schism and the source of blasphemy. Uh, blasphemy. We confess that the holy scripture is imperfect and a dead letter until it is explained by the supreme pontiff and allowed by him to be read by the lady. We confess and assert that the Pope as our most holy father is to be obeyed in all things without any exception and that such heretics as contravene his orders are not only to be burnt but to be delivered body and soul to hell and that is legitimate writings and proof by the jesuit order so the jesuits are not a conspiracy the jesuits order was actually created and this was their way of of having former Protestants confess and switch over to the Roman Catholic way. Right. You know, and to talk about documentation, I grabbed this. I forgot I had this. And, ooh, I'm getting straight deja vu right now. But I have a confession 
actually from a little further back from someone that worked underneath Constantine. Hmm. And it was a she. And what she says is, I have caused great calamities. I have depopulated towns and provinces. I have murdered young and old men, women and children. I have done this for the love of Christ and his holy mother, Queen Isabella. One of Constantine's close, higher-ranked people. Uh, you can look her up, and that's, that's a straight quote. She had a few other ones about Christopher Columbus and whatnot, too. But these people murdered uh, innocent lives for the sake of Christ, quote, unquote, Christ. Yep. They yeah. thought they were justified in God. Yep. And, and since that was the dawning of the Dark Ages, you know, I mean, people had no, sh- they had no shot. They had no chance. And uh, we could thank Constantine and the Roman Empire for that. And uh, does it go deeper? Uh, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe it goes beyond that. I, I think it does. I think uh, corruption goes back way far. And uh, it's 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 a fun topic. It's just like Gio said. It's it could get messy, and uh, mm-hmm. we just got to be patient, and we got to learn. You know, I mean, uh, what else is everyone really doing nowadays? How long is TikTok and all this bullshit going to really last? You know, like. We're gonna ha- we're gonna be put into a corner regardless. We have to eventually learn our history. We can't ignore it. I mean, it's it's just funny though because you see so many people now they're 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 on the right path of truth, and I could see that. That's the that's the better part of it. That's the part yeah. of social media I like. Thank God, you know. But, but they, I it's there's a lot of you have to follow the right people and do the right thing. You know, oh yeah. Not a lot of people the, are like to say you with the, with TikTok and, and we're like me with this, you know, my YouTube channels and everything are all to better and widen my range of knowledge. And of course I have some, some entertainment in there, but I feel like entertainment sometimes will mask and kind of shield people from the truth because why, mm-hmm. why go look for truth? Why go look at things that are going to make you feel bad when you could watch some chick shake her ass on camera and have her cooch, you know, out, out in her yoga pants and her watch. You know, yeah, it's, I, I get it, but like, this is, you know, to maybe most, this might be boring or, you know, or it's not, it doesn't seem relevant, but it is, it is. Yeah. And I promise uh, you that. And the thing is though, as I, that I see, and especially, especially on TikTok, uh, but I obviously, I see people posting it everywhere on different uh, platforms as well. And obviously people making YouTube videos and podcasts or whatever is the fact that, they're on the right path, but they go surface level with the information and are so quick to right away think that it's just about our politics or just about Bill Gates or just about George Soros or just about our social media. And they stop there. They stop there at just these governments, but don't realize that there is a puppet master behind those puppets as well. That they are not the ultimate people to be looking at. They are not the ultimate organization. This shit runs a lot deeper. And there's people that confuse and they say, oh, the Freemasons. Uh, yeah, the Freemasons are the ones and they look at and they look at Freemasonry as this evil thing as well. And it's they don't understand. They don't understand that Masonry goes deeper, that it's. Yes, it can be used, but they're being they're being taught the mathematics, the esoteric knowledge, the the the, the, the scientific part, the things of the the original mystery schools. That's the, the good things, stuff. Yes, and these were the things that were brought over into these more advanced civilizations that were adopted 
by these Semitic civilizations um, from its or origins and then taken by the, the Egyptians, the Greeks and the Romans and turned into what we just explained into an actual religion to the point where it's been perverted and they don't understand that it's man that perverts the knowledge, not the knowledge itself that's perverted. And in, in, in doing so, I think that's why it's important to clear this up and to get a better understanding and to not be so surface level and just right away want to assume that it's the Freemasons or it's the Democrats or it's the Republicans or it's Antifa or Black Lives Matter or the Proud Boys. You know what I mean? These are all surface level things and they don't understand the infiltration. And I think understanding the origins of this tactic of infiltrating the minds, the education and the knowledge and the scriptures is where you have to work your way up the scales to know, the know higher thy enemy. source. Know thy yeah. enemy. Right. Exactly. And understand the higher source and the higher critics. And once you understand that, you are not so easily able to be deceived and you will come into your own and understand the use of the knowledge uh, and the scriptures and the divine in the ways of which we constantly speak about and to liberate yourself truly, which it was made for that reason to liberate mankind. So, well, on that note, yeah, more to come people, more to come. This is the beginning. Uh, Mm -hmm. Time to figure this shit out. Time to figure out these politics, time to figure out this corruption, time to figure out the Vatican. It's time we talk about it. And uh, I, there's a lot of other great channels that do this stuff, and and we decided to join on on the uh, on the journey here. You know, we've we've noticed that a lot of people are interested in this, and so are we. I mean, we've always been, and uh, we we'll we'll eventually go back into esoteric and and go back into biblical scripture, spiritual astrology. You know, I mean, it's funny we 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 started this more more on astrology than anything, and mm-hmm. uh, we we've kind of you know went in another direction, which is awesome because we have plenty of time and plenty of mind power to discuss astrology in the near future. So uh, this is more important. Yeah, absolutely. Especially just with what's going on. So we're going to continue to unravel it and um, gain a better awareness and understanding. Um, The psyops on in all directions is real. And to truly understand the history and to truly understand um, the knowledge and the wisdom and the teachings um, and to sit it, sit at it from a new, neutral point of view, um, will help you stay aware from succumbing to the psyopses. So just want to put that forewarning out to watch out. There's a lot of people in the truth seeking community as well. Um, I know this whole QAnon thing is something that seems very good, but you got to watch out for that too. Controlled and, uh, oppositions are a real thing as well. Yes. You just got to be constantly aware. It's not that, not that you don't believe anything that you hear from it or it's that you just always have to be, don't be in a rush to say that thing's right or that thing's wrong. Just sit back and listen and speculate. It's my number one rule in all of this and podcasting and researching and talking about things, figuring things out like mysteries and, and conspiracies and, and fringe topics. All, all it really takes is for you to just be patient and not be so quick to say, oh, I believe that. Just listen. Listen yep. consistently and be open to it. And the, and the answer will come to, to those who seek shall find. And that's, 
going to take patience and the things are not going to just be given to you. I, I totally, in my opinion, I, I think the, the universe gives, it, it likes a stubborn heart. It likes people that continue to, to show it that it, they want the truth that they want the faith goes back even in the manifestation. You know, you get the things that you are persistent at and that you show faith in and that you're consistent uh, with your actions and stuff like that. And so that's what this is going to take. And it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a great area to go into it. Great understanding uh, with, with all everything else that we've gone into as far of, as far as, uh, you know, the actual divine and esoteric teachings and knowledge. Um, But now to understand its uses, which we've been starting to go into and now we're going into, but also to understand it's, uh, it's infiltration because like you said, know thy enemy, the mm-hmm. enemy could be anywhere. It could be, yep. it could be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I think that's one of the more important things to really stay aware of. And in order to do that, you got to see the culmination of how these things transpired. That is correct, sir. Yep. So until next time, everybody, you know what to do. Make sure you join us on all our social media platforms. Um, give this a like, share it, get it out. Um, and yeah, just continue sticking with us. Till next time, everybody. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.